Amazing. My name is Elon. Um, hey, if you know, <laughs> if you've seen me around, you know I do a lot. I actually work here on staff with our youth department, so that's a lot of fun. But I also volunteer here at Access, and then they always rope me in on Sunday mornings for stuff. Uh, fun fact about me: I'm from Texas, from H Town. I'm going to say it, and don't judge me. So back when Hurricane Harvey came in Texas, um, a lot of my friends on social media, first of all, would put Steve Harvey's face on the hurricane, like as it was going. <laughs> but also, they also tweeted a lot. They would say, H-Town till we drown. So I just thought that was funny. And every time I say H-Town, I think of that. But no one, I, um, so give it up for Kaylin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm Kaylin. I also work here on staff, so I'm here a lot, and I absolutely love it. Uh, I guess the first fun fact that came to my mind is that I've been surfing one time, so I'm not a pro, but it was really, really fun. Uh, I'm Elijah. Uh, I do worship for the youth here, like music stuff, so yeah, that's a fun fact. I've been doing it since I was like 16, and, and I'm engaged to Kaylin. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh, my name is Caleb. Most people call me by my last name, Parker. And I attempt to play bass up there. And I also tell jokes. How long did Cain know his brother for? As long as he was able. Fun fact about Parker is that uh, at Alec Duzan's wedding, he gave a best man speech, and it was the best, best man speech I've ever heard in my life. I'm just going to say that. It was the best ever. Anyway, so we got some questions in. You guys voted. Thank you for doing that. I, we need some more. Oh, there's some good questions. There we go. We're going we're gonna to be asking these. So we'll start for this, with this first one. I don't know who wants to jump in on it. First, you guys ready for this? You guys ready for this? Okay, okay. We're going to hope to give responses. This is a Q&A. We might call it a Q&R because we're not going to give answers. But first question is, when do I know? Is that the one that's up there? When do I know if I'm ready for a relationship? Oh, when do you know? Well, from what I've learned from listening to podcasts and different things, um, I feel like you'll, well, I'll say this. Dating and relationships, they are not copy-paste. They're not black and white. The way that you meet your person and you live out your singleness and your dating experience is honestly, it's so unique to you. And some of us might be like, oh, I don't want it to be that way, but it is. And so I say that to say, I guess you don't, there's no clear answer to that because there's people who will come into your life and you might feel like you're at the lowest, there's experiences where people um, meet their spouse at the lowest points of their life, yet it still evidently works out. And so I would just say, um, don't be too focused on when you're ready. Just constantly be preparing yourself no matter what. So when it does happen, you're not thrown off and you're like, what the heck, I'm dating and I have this to fix and this to fix and do this and do that. If you're constantly developing and growing as a person, it won't matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're depressed or just living your best life, you'll be ready. You gotta just continue to be equipped and if you're doing life with the Lord, then what are you worried about? 
I don't really know how to phrase this, so bear with me, but when you're no longer yearning and being distracted by the fact that you're not in one. So if you have the peace, if you have peace, it can still be a desire. That's okay. It can still be a desire. But if it becomes a distraction, maybe you're not quite ready. I thought y'all answered that really good. I, Lon, what I really liked about what you said is you said, like, you're never going to be, like, fully ready. And progress is what we're looking for in our life, is, is development. If you're, if you're in a bad place, it doesn't mean you can't be in a relationship. It just means that are you growing? And, and, and Kaylin, I love what you said. Just contentment is, is, is key. So let's just jump to our next question. Uh, what do you think about dating apps? Um, What's the, like, what is the most... Like, what, what dating apps do people use right now? Yeah. Do people still use Tinder, for real? No, people use, like... My coworkers were just talking about Tinder the other day, so... What? Oh. Hinge? The people who are on them aren't yelling them out loud right now because they might be embarrassed that they're on them. Bumble. Anyway, let's keep going. What do you think about dating apps? Bumble? <laughs> Farmers Only? Okay. eHarmony? Well, I think, like, I think naturally people think, like, they're not good. Or something like that, but I don't know. Me and Ken were just talking about it in the car earlier, and we were just looking up like, well, facts about it. Like, what are the odds that you get married if you do a dating app? And it was like 30%. So it's like I know people who have like gotten married from dating apps, but yeah, my cousin did. Yeah, like it, and they have a great they, they, they work have a great out, relationship. But that also means there's a 70% chance that you're wasting your time, too. So it's really not. I don't think it's bad, but I don't think I think it's kind of whatever. Just go. Yeah. I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well said, Parker. Oh, I don't know. Like I said, you're, it's not black and white. Like I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day, and he was talking when him and his friend were like, all right, if you get a dating app, then I'll do it. And then he did it, and then he met this girl, and he just got engaged on Monday. But he had never yeah. used a dating app before, so it worked for him. I think you just have to weed out all the, the a lot of, a lot of <laughs> the bad things. But hey. So you're saying it's not, it's not always bad. Yeah, what's my opinion? I don't know. I've been so out of the game, man. All I know is the first time I was on Tinder, I never wasn't on it, but my, all my buddies were on Tinder in college, and I was like, this is the worst thing in the world. That's literally like, and maybe there's better ones than Tinder, but it was just all based on looks, and it was all based on lust, and it was all based on, on making yourself seem like a better person than you actually are, and it honestly felt so much like just hookup culture, and it was like, who like it's like you go on there to have sex with people honestly and i know that's not a lot of like christians who are going into it but the fact that that's the predominant uh, use of it makes me very cautious of it of like of are you going if you're going in with the right reasons and you have very high like boundaries and high skepticism of people then it might not be the worst thing in the world but if we're doing it just cuz we're lonely and we want attention from guys or girls then you need to come see me and we need to set up a ministry appointment so we can talk <laughs> and so we can go to the lord and so that we can like figure out what's going on in your heart and why you're not satisfied with Christ and so i and i mean that seriously if you want a ministry appointment please come and we'll we will go to the lord together mm-hmm. but overall i would i would I would express that it can be good for people if you have high boundaries and skepticism, 
but overall, I think the most of the people on there are not on there for the right reasons. What do you think about doing it for practicing dating if you're just trying to like practice? Terrible idea. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe it can work for some people, but yeah, I just think all the people that I know who are on like specifically the more vulgar dating apps, like like Tinder, and it's just more hookup culture. It's just the odds of finding someone that has similar values to you are very low, and the odds of you compromising your values are very high. And I just don't think we should practice. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, or that's a sin to do it. That's not what I'm saying at all. I just think we should be, if we're going to do it, let's be very cautious. Okay. <laughs> I just love Caleb's answer. I don't like it. <laughs> so, when is it appropriate to share your sexual history with your boyfriend or girlfriend? When is it appropriate? Um, I would say as soon as you feel comfortable because you don't want to be like six months to a year in and then tell them and they might not. Some people don't want that. Yeah. And that's totally fine if they don't want that, but you do want to let them know. And you don't have to be like detailed, but just like I guess the, the virgin question yeah. would be I would say sooner rather than later, you know, just because – I think my answer would be really, really similar. Like, as soon as you feel comfortable, if you know your relationship is mature enough for it, because a lot of people, I think it also depends on, like, how long you've known them before you started dating. So if you just met and you started dating, great. I would maybe wait a little bit till you get to know the other person and their personality and their heart. Wait until you know that they're ready to hear it, especially depending on what you're going to be sharing. I think it's very, very sound. That's very sound pieces of wisdom. Uh, overall, I, I like sharing your sexual history. I think I, I would, I would resonate with what Caleb said about not being in de like sharing in detail, but sharing. I think there's two points to this that I think I want to mention, just as someone who's who's been in a relationship, who's walked through this, but also that I'm I walk with people through their relationships. Is I think it's important to share your sexual history as far as like your sexual history, like if you've had sex and how far you've gone and because some people have a value of I want to be I want my spouse to to be a virgin and not everyone has that value and I think you should I, I don't think that's necessarily the only way but what I'll say is there's a different sexual history question that you and we have to talk about before we get married specifically is the issue of pornography and masturbation so there's one thing to say oh I've had sex but I got born again and now I have new values it's another thing to be in a relationship and then to be still watching pornography, masturbating. And then like, should I tell my person, is it cheating on my girlfriend or boyfriend if I'm watching porn and masturbating? How do I go about this? I would say that's much more, that it, it's, it's, very, it's very tricky. I would say when you feel comfortable and when your relationship is mature enough. But I would say those can be different times, if that makes sense. Like you don't have to share both at the same time. And I think you don't want to unnecessarily share things with someone that you're not confident that you want to be with. So if you're like still in like that stage of like, I don't really know if I, this is working out. I don't know if I see myself with this person long-term. Don't put your cards on the table if unnecessarily, if that makes sense. Like only do it with people who you see yourself moving forward with and then go from there. Do you want to answer that question that you, you asked of, is it cheating?
It's complicated. I, so what, what I'll say is, is it cheating? What is cheating? That's my next question. What is cheating? Is it, so is it sin against God? Yes. To God, is it equally as sinful? Yes. Is it equally as damaging to a relationship? No. Like you going having sex with another, so like me having sex with another woman is a, is a, is a greater break of boundary than me looking at an image for too long and, and dwelling on it. Like action in my body is, is, is in the eyes of the relationship is different than me looking at something, if that makes sense. Now, that's not an excuse to do it, but I'm saying I would not classify it personally as equal to cheating, although it is damaging to a relationship, just not as damaging as actually going and having sex or making out or whatever you might do with that person. That's just my personal opinion. Other people might disagree. <laughs> I was going to ask, what do you think about that? Do you want to answer that? You want to? Um, I'm not going to answer whether or not it's cheating because yeah. I don't really know. But I will say that if you are into that kind of stuff, it will ruin your relationship. That's not yeah, yeah. not can, it, it's going to yeah. if you're like addicted to that kind of stuff. I would definitely agree with that. That's why I said you have to, like, you have to tell your the person if you're planning on getting married, it has to come out before you get married, um, and it has to be addressed together as you move forward because it will, like Caleb said, damage the relationship. Um, next question: How do I reestablish boundaries after crossing a boundary in my relationship? I assume this is like sexual boundaries. So, how do I reestablish boundaries after crossing a boundary in my relationship? I think the easiest answer is to start by reestablishing your boundary. I think I think it actually is more simple to do it. I mean, like to act on it, it's really hard to like reset that. Once you've gone past it, it's really, really hard to go backwards. Very hard to go backwards. So what I would recommend, and I've done this a few times, is literally like talking with people, sit down and write what you feel like your boundaries should be, have them write what their boundaries should be, and then compare notes. That way you know you're both comfortable with them. It, I think it just starts really simple. If you value the other person and you value your relationship, put in the work. Write down your boundaries on a piece of paper in your phone and read them before you go hang out with this person. That way you're, it's, like, it's always in your mind. If you love them enough, if you care for them enough, put in the work. Um, and then I would just say... Uh, <clears throat> It's really important to, the reason why having close friends are important is so that you can have, one of the reasons is accountability. And so it's really important to is express to your inner circle, your best friends, your close friends, about those boundaries that you have set with them and can constantly be communicating um, about those boundaries to them. And I, I was yeah, I think it's just important to let them know and have people around you to keep you accountable in those areas. Yeah, I would just add to that, confess your sin. Yeah. A lot of people, they, they know they're sinning with their significant other, but then they don't tell anyone else that they're sinning, whether that's a mentor or someone in your, in your friend group. Like, go and say, we did this. It crossed our boundary. I'm confessing my sin to you. Because that's, where, that's what Christian friends are for. They're not for hang, just hanging out and having fun. It's for sanctification. Let's move on. You guys, need a little, you guys need a little stretch break? You guys doing good? You guys doing good?
Okay, next question. Do you think two people should be at the same level of spiritual maturity to be in a good relationship? Ooh. I don't think that you necessarily have to be the same level, but I think having the same goal is really important. Like, if one person is, like, out there evangelizing and praying for everybody, like, that's awesome. If the other person's not necessarily doing that, like, that's not a deal breaker. Yeah. I think just having the same goal and, like, talking about that goal with that person is, is like, the most important thing, Yeah. I would say. That's real good. Yeah. Alon, what do you think? No, I agree. I think that if you are, like, being kingdom-focused and focused on what the Lord is doing is way more important. And... Um, it's a, it should be one of your core values when you're looking to date and while you're dating. And so, I mean, yeah, I think there's people who, like, there's couples of one guy, like, the guy is more into theology than the girl, but that doesn't mean that they're, un, like, she's less spiritual ma- spiritually mature. He's just more into theology. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a comparison game in that realm. As long as you're going in the same way, following Jesus, doing yeah. it for him, I mean, like, it's about... Dating and relationships is about bringing glory to God. And so if that's not what you're doing, you got to reevaluate. Yeah, and to also add, I, th- I think you can tell Somebody s- needs to say amen to that. Amen. That's weak. I think you can tell someone's heart posture, too, right, if they're really, like, they really want to pursue the Lord and they really want that relationship. Yeah. You can tell just by the way they live their life and everything. You don't have to be, like, super spiritual to be pursuing the Lord hard- wholeheartedly. Man, it's hard to like answer these questions because I'm like thinking like a, a few different routes of where they might be asking this, but I'll answer it. I'll try to answer it quickly in, in two different ways. The, f- the first way is I know some people who view themselves as more spiritual than other people, but they're not. There's the prayer that Jesus, the, uh, he witnesses of two guys. One guy says, God, I thank you that I'm not a sinner like that guy. And then there's the other guy, then, and he says, this is how he prayed. God, forgive me. I, I am the worst of the sinners. Have mercy on me. And God looks at the two guys. One guy thought he was more spiritual than the other. But then in the eyes of the Lord, God looked at the humble person and said, he's actually more spiritual than him. And so I would be very careful if you're evaluating yourself as more spiritual than someone else. You actually might not be the more spiritual person. Um, that's called pride. Um, but there might be another situation to where there's someone who's a Christian, but they have soul ties with their boyfriend, girlfriend. They know that they are not following Jesus. They don't want to go to church. They're not reading their Bible. They're not actively. And so they're saying there is a clear distinction between them wanting God and them not wanting God, but yet they're with them because maybe they had sex and there's a soul tie or maybe they just have soul ties from the relationship and you're afraid to break up because of being lonely. I would say you need to go to the Lord and be brave and seek wisdom on what to do because you do not want to be unequally yoked with someone who's not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so if you're talking about someone at the same spiritual maturity as they're not a Christian and I am, it's like, yeah, you probably should break up. Actually, the Bible commands you to break up to not be equally yoked with unbelievers, people who are not Christian. That'd be my two, two answers to that. What's so funny? What's the question? There, oh yeah. Grammar police, that's funny. So, do you think, okay, here we go, next question. Should you allow your partner to have friendships with the opposite sex? Is it appropriate for you to have friendships with the opposite sex in a relationship? Man, these are great questions. You got got this one? I think the simple answer is yes, you should allow your partner to have friends of the other gender. I think it's kind of odd if they didn't. 
But what I would say with that is how you go about doing it. I know with Eli and I on our third day of dating, he brought me to a coffee shop and he brought out, he pulled out his phone, the notepad on his phone, and he said, I want to write down our boundaries so we both know what they are. That's boundaries are more than just sexual. I just want to point that out. So it was like, how long are we going to hang out at night? How long are we going to be alone together? What do our friendships look like with the opposite sex? First of all, men, this was one of the most attractive things Eli has ever done, has been to value our boundaries, (laughs) like together as a couple. I'm not even kidding. I love it. So that was one of the things that we talked about is what our friendships look like with the opposite sex. And so for us, it may look different for other people, but we value the Lord. We value each other. And we just really want to ultimately honor God. So I'm not alone with men one-on-one. If they ask me a question, if they text me and say, what time is access? I'll respond. But it, I think it just depends on like um, how you are going to honor the other person. If you're doing something with someone of the opposite sex that isn't honoring to the person you're with, I think that's where you should draw your line. Treat them like a brother. Treat them like a sister it's okay to set up those boundaries because you're now in a relationship. No? You're good? Let's move on. I was hurt from a previous relationship. How can I avoid carrying the baggage into my next one or into my next relationship? Um, I would suggest um, seeking mentorship um, and st- attend our growing in intimacy with God class next week, August 4 at 515 oh. in room 467. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I, w- I would go to the classes, <laughs> I'd seek mentorship, and I'd really honestly like take time to work on whatever baggage or thing that's like is m- the fact that if you're asking this, that means that there's probably something that has been really bothering you, and if and it's important to work on those things now while you're single because you don't want to bring that into whatever relationship you go into. And so if you need to go seek counseling for it, then seek counseling for it. I did it. I had things of my past, and I was like, I'm not going to sit around and let these memories haunt me. I'm going to go to counseling and better myself so that when I do get married, I'm not like bringing in like my three U-Hauls and like <laughs> we're going through and sorting everything and there's no labels on the boxes and it's just a huge mess. Like I just encourage you just to seek out mentorship, someone who you have a relationship with and who can constantly speak in your life and then go to therapy if you need to. I think I would add on to that too is that if you're in a relationship and you start to discover that you're still hurt from past relationship, that's something that weigh it out and then vocalize to the other person because it's really healthy to have like couples that are mentors to the two of you and that's something that you can communicate with them because that's pretty normal it shouldn't be but it's pretty normal and I'll just say if you're already in a relationship and you got the baggage it's okay you can still fix it it's not like I was thinking about it I was like man I'm sorry if you already have stuff going on it's okay just go seek seek out wise counsel you're never too late for that Next question. Everyone's like, what's a hanky? How do I drop the hanky? Do, do, do you guys know what that means? Do you guys know what that means? 
Who listen, does anyone listen to the Heart of Dating podcast? No, this is me. Give the plug for it right now. Give a All plug right. for it. So a lot of my knowledge and a lot of my wisdom comes from a podcast that I listen to. Listen to. It's called the Heart of Dating podcast. Um, and it's by a lady named Kate Warman. And she interviews a lot of different Christian leaders, pastors, you name it. And so her thing is actually, how do I drop a hanky? So back in the olden days when a girl wanted a guy to like her or Yep, she would take her hanky and he would, she would drop it and the guy would come and talk to her. So, um, yeah, and they do all the old-timey things. So how do you drop the hanky? You want me to answer that? Want me to keep going? Yeah, go for it. I don't know. I don't know how to drop a hanky. It's basically like... <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like, uh, in modern terms, it's like, how do I show someone that I'm interested in them or that I want them to be interested in me? And I would say be a kind person. Look at them in the eyes and smile. And what Kate says, like, look at them in the eyes and smile for, like, three seconds and look away. Like, if you're talking <laughs> and, like, if they say something funny, you'll be like, ha, 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 touch for th three seconds and let go, you know, do, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, like, taking what she taught me. I've never thought I would ever have to tell people <laughs> how to drop the hanky. Just listen to the podcast. I'll send it to you. <laughs> She does a better explanation. It's just, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of shoulder touching tonight. <laughs> Once we exit. Yeah, I would say just don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. Don't, like, make it seem like this is big, like, thing, you know. Like, uh, Kalen just asked him to get coffee, and I didn't even view it as, like, a day. I was like, hey, let's get coffee and, and catch up type of thing. And then we just got coffee again, and it was just, like, super chill. And then we just kept on hanging out. It's really Girls, are there unhealthy ways to drop the hanky? To do no, girls for girls to do. Yeah. Um, Tiffany said yes. Oh, you don't. Y'all don't want Tiffany to get up here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would say drop one hanky at a time. I'm just saying, if you're pursuing multiple guys just to see who responds first, that's not right. That's yeah. not okay. It is okay for guys to make the first move, and it is okay for girls to make the first move. Mm -hmm. And girls, if you're nervous, like Eli said. I asked him for coffee. That literally leaves it up to them because they can choose to read that as you liking them and then they'll respond that way. And you guys and if are already friends. Right. I thought it was just, I thought she just wanted to hang out and catch up for real. <laughs> <laughs> do it, girl. Do it. I don't Any other unhealthy ways? More unhealthy ways? Drop a hanky. Constantly texting. Um, oh, gosh. I think there's so many. If it feels weird, if they're not responding, don't push. Go have a conversation in person. Do it in person. I'll say it again. Do it in person. It's so much better. Yeah, and I like if if the person is interested in you, they're gonna like pursue you back. And so if you're constantly throwing the hankies and dropping them, and they're <laughs> you're not they're not pursuing you back, then that probably means that I don't know. Don't use Snapchat. Ooh, yeah. Do it in person. <laughs> Amen. Snapchat. Don't like it. All right. We're, we're, it's all you, Pastor Jake. All right. Let's move on. Drop on the hanky. Okay. What's the best advice on waiting on the Lord for his promises with getting into a relationship? I'll go again. <laughs> and if you have anything to say. Um, I would say that the Lord, so 
Romans 8, 26, Romans 8, 28 says, God works all, all things together for the good of those who love him and are called to according to his purposes. And if you love God, well, God has already called you to his purpose. And if you love God, he's going to work all things together for you. And then in Matthew 7, 11, it says, um, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven, who is in heaven, give good things to you, to those, or to those who ask him. And so my advice with that is that know that God hasn't forgotten about the thing that you desired. He hasn't, he's not going to give you something. He's not going to give you a bad gift. He's not going to be bad. He's a good God. He's going to be good to you. And so I would advise you to not get so, like, it is important to remind yourself that the Lord is going to be good and he's going to fulfill that desire of your heart. But also remember, like, I don't know, just, you guys, like, moved it. Um, yeah, just to trust him. It's, you know, being a Christian and following Jesus is about doing life with him. And as you're doing life with him, um, his ways will become your ways. And um, you'll, I'm, I have all these words running in my mind, and I can't put them in a sentence. So someone just, like, if you have something, and I'll figure out the rest of my words. Uh, I would say, uh, for me personally, it was, I was just contempt in pursuing the Lord and the gifts that he gave me, like the worship team, community leading, and I literally prayed, like I was saying, I, I'm okay with being single for the rest of my life, and if there is nobody out there for me, then I'm going to just be okay, and I'm going to walk with the Lord no matter what. Now, this doesn't mean that you're just going to leave here and just pray that prayer. I was like this for years, and I was just contempt and just being alone with the Lord. That's my answer. I gathered myself. Um, uh, one of my mentors said this one time. She said that she was wishing that she was in a different season. And so, yes, God gives us these promises, and then sometimes we can get so fixated on this promise but so what she recognized is that she was neglecting what God was calling her to do right now in that moment. And so it's good to, to know about those desires and to remind yourself of them, but don't neglect what God is doing in your life right now and just continue to walk with him in that um, and live with the mindset that, like, your, your life is to, just to do life with the Lord wholeheartedly and that if that means that you're doing your life with the Lord wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly as a single person, then embrace it. But if the Lord is calling you to do that, and if he thinks that you're going to bring more impact with someone else, then embrace that. But um, all to say, do life with the Lord. That's really good. Next question. How do you really know someone if you don't live with them first? Who? Uh, I think the world likes to feed us this lie that that's something that's needed. But I think it comes back to this faith in the Lord, that if the Lord calls you to be with someone, if that's your spouse, it's, you don't need to. You don't need to live with them first. I think there's millions of other ways to get to know somebody rather than living with them. So do do the normal, everyday things with that person. Go grocery shopping. Hang out with your parents. Do absolutely nothing, and you'll find yourself learning how the other person is in difficult situations. And I think that's more beneficial than 
than living with them. Um, I also think that the more you save for your spouse, whether you've met them yet or not, um, is how important you end up telling them that they are to you. So I think it would be really difficult. I was thinking about this question earlier, and if I had um, met someone and fallen for someone who had lived with every girlfriend, how important would that tell me that I am? Not very. So I think that's something that I, I save. So figure those things out that are the things that you're saving for your spouse, because that's how important that you're telling them that they are to you. That's really good. I would, I would add to that. You, you don't know them. Like, you will not know them fully. And I would, but I would say this. You won't know your, your, your spouse fully even if you do live with them because there's something that happens when you do your vows and the vows change. Once you exchange your vows and you get married, then you change, even if you're living with each other before that. Because once the vow of till death do us part happens, like, you change when you make that vow. Like, you change spiritually, you change financially, you change everything about you changes once you make that vow. And so the lie, I would say, is I will know them fully if I live with them before we get married. And that's a lie. You, you won't know them fully because once you make the vow, they're going to change because the whole psychology of the whole relationship changed. Before, you lived with them when there was no co- lifelong commitment. Now you're living with them when there's a lifelong commitment. Before, the devil is in that room trying to get y'all to do everything that's sinning against the Lord. Once you get married, the devil's in your house trying to get you from stop having sex. Before, he's trying to get you to have as much sex as possible because it's killing you and it's damaging your relationship with God. Once you get married, he's trying to get you to not have sex because that's going to damage your connection with each other, which in turn hurts your relationship with God. So the lie is, I'll know them better if if I live with them. That's not, that's not true. The, the truth is you will not know them as well as you wish you could no matter what. So you better do, or it's better to do it God's way and to not, and to have faith in God and in the vows that you're making before God that you can build a life on Christ for your future. All right. Anyone else? I was a little preachy. I'm sorry about that. Next question. Oh, this is good. How do you reject somebody in an honoring and loving way? Oh, this is good, the breakup. Let me answer first, and then I'll let you guys. I'll tell you what not to do, okay? Never, I said this last year, never. Are you listening, people? Yes, Kathy, you're listening, good. Never, ever, ever, ever tell someone that God told you to break up with them. Ever. I will find you. I will hunt you down. I don't know. I'm not going to hurt you. But I will dad voice you real hard if I hear that you did that. Okay, I'm done. Um, I understood the question a little bit differently. Like if someone is asking me out and I'm, I'm telling them no. I'm sorry. Yeah, I might have read that wrong. But I said that nonetheless. That's okay. That's still, still great. Good. That's still great. Um, I would just say that it takes a lot of nerve to ask somebody out. I've done it, and I've had it done, and it takes a lot of nerve. And you can get really nervous, and you can work yourself up, and you can think about it for three weeks. You can think about it for three minutes. If it's a no, that's totally fine. Women, men, you don't have to say yes when somebody asks you out just to be nice. 
if you know, if it makes you uncomfortable, if you're just not about it, it's okay to say no. Honestly, what I would do if I, yeah, what I would do is I would just thank them. I'd say thank you so much for asking me out. I know that took a lot. Um, I'm actually really not interested. I view you more as a friend. Fill in the blank with how you actually feel in a really nice way and don't make something up to be nice. We're just laughing because that's you just got put in the friend zone, you know. It's like I see you as a friend. It's, it's an honoring thing to do, but it, yeah, it's gonna hurt no matter what. I think, I think what she's saying is like you can't, you can do it in an honoring and loving way, but you're not gonna avoid like hurting someone. It's gonna hurt, you know. It's hurt to get rejected. Yeah, I just be clear what you're saying because you like you can't control how other people are gonna respond to what you're saying. You're only in control of how you are gonna react and how you respond. So I would just say not be like ignorant of their. I don't know. I just control yourself. Um, I can kind of answer to like being ready for the rejection. Like you should go in being okay with them saying no as well. It kind of ties back to what I said earlier, actually. But I'd say, don't say. How do you do it in an honoring way, as a lady or a guy? I guess. Don't say, um, God has me in a, God doesn't want me to date right now. Okay? Just don't say that because next week, God might change your mind because you meet the right guy or the right girl. And even though that might be true, what we, what we, don't, what we want to try to avoid is, is using God as a scapegoat for other reasons why we're not interested in someone. And sometimes it's easier just to be like, oh, well, God just wants me to be single. And the next week you start dating someone else. And he's like, I thought God told them they were gonna, supposed to be single. You know what I mean? And it's just confusing. And you honestly lose respect um, from your peers when you do that. And I just say being honoring is being, is being kind but truthful and clear. Um, I would say an honoring thing but not an easy thing for a gal is, is to be clear. Meaning like um, what's not clear is not now. Or, or I'm busy this weekend. I'm just so busy for the next month. Work is, oh, family, that just, I, I'm so busy. I'm, I don't have any time. That is not honoring. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is trying to avoid conflict. Because I'm telling you, you say that, he starts the clock, 31-day reminder. And he's going to ask you out in 31 days. And you have to go through the whole thing again. And so it's just better to be, and the most honoring thing is to be clear. And I love what Kalen said, that the God, like, it takes a lot to ask someone out, and so just do it gently but clearly. All right, I'm th- I think this is going to be, um, oh, this is a great one, one to end on. So we're going to end with this question. What if somebody mistakes your kindness for I like you? Uh, I think if it's genuine kindness, I would probably just recognize it and try to... Um, how do I say this? I try to just recognize if that's a pattern in your life. If people are always doing this and mistaking that you like them, that was me in high school. Literally, I had three or four guys interested in me at a time, and I was so confused. And it's actually not a great place to be in because then you have to be honest with all of them. And so I think if that's a pattern in your life, just learn to recognize it. And maybe your kindness is coming across the wrong way, and maybe there's a better way to go about being kind. Maybe if I'm being kind and my love language is physical touch and I'm just being really nice to all my guy friends, they're all going to be reading it wrong. 
And so I think sometimes it means getting out of my comfort zone to be kind and realize that the other person could be reading it wrong. I think that's really good and very concise, very clear. And it leads us to a lot. Caleb wanted, the, uh, wanted me to get to this one, so we'll go for it. I'm always getting, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, can we just deleted it? I'm all, oh, I, it's gone. Oh, no, it's back. It's gone. Is it back? Yep, it's back. <laughs> I'm sorry for putting you on blast for that. <laughs> I'm always getting friend zone. What are some tips or advice for getting out of the friend zone into a relationship? First of all, who asked this one? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm 28, and I've been around the block a time or two with this, so I know how to uh, avoid this. Um, so there's a difference between being a nice guy and a good man. And a nice guy is going to approach the girl at church, and he's going to talk to her. He's going to agree with her on everything, and he's just going to talk to her, and that's it. The good man is just going to show his interest and go in for the approach right away and show his interest. I mean, the thing is, is women are slightly attracted to your masculinity, and that masculinity involves taking risk and going on adventure and asking them out is that. So, And if you do get friend-zoned, then you just tell them you're not interested in being just friends, and you walk away. You can say, yeah, you can say something. Okay. First of all, if not first of all, I don't know what else I'm going to say. But <laughs> if it happens with one person, I think the friend zone has become this terrible place to be in. But I think there's also this um this might be really hard but thanking the Lord because if they're not the right person, thank you Jesus because That's good. It it didn't happen. Um I would much rather be friend zoned than have them be nice and say yes and then be hurt later. So I don't think the friend zone has to be this scary place to be in that nobody likes you. Um, I think that's a lie. I also think if you're always getting friend zoned, along what Caleb was saying, is confidence is really attractive. So if you walk up and you're okay with the other person saying no, but you're confident, you know who you are, you have self-worth, confidence is definitely key. It's okay. You're going to be just friends until you find someone you're not just friends with. That's a great way to end. I just want to thank everyone. Thank you guys for being on the panel. Thank you guys. I hope this was valuable to, uh, to you. And we're going to close out by just a, a word of prayer for, for all of us as we continue to seek the Lord in, in, in our life, but also in our relationships. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God, for, uh, God, for your Son, Jesus Christ, God. I thank you, God, that we do not have to be orphans any longer, that we don't have to be uh, sheep without a shepherd, God, but you have found us, God, with the good news of the gospel. And that, God, even in relationships, God, you have wisdom for us. So I, God, pray for every individual in this room, whether they are single, in a relationship, just broken up, whether they're engaged, God, whatever season of life, God, I pray that your spirit would guide them to grow closer to Jesus and grow in their love for their neighbor. 
in love for um, people that they're interested in, God. And I pray that we would grow in our self-worth and realize that the lie of culture says that we are not complete until we have someone else, God. But the truth of the gospel is that we have been made complete in Christ. So God, I pray that that revelation would seek deep into our hearts, God, and that we would be, uh, this group, God, would be a light, God, to our culture, that we would be a city set on a hill in every aspect of life, even in our dating, singleness, and relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. You guys.